Welcome to Soren Lit. Hello, my name is Berlina Johnson, and I was named after my grandmother, Berlina Johnson. Um, Berlina L. Johnson was born in Chicago and grew up in Madison and Beloit, Wisconsin. She earned a BA in sculpture and an MA in Afro-American studies with an emphasis in art history from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and an MFA in sculpture from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Rolina has also studied wood carving with Ghanaian master wood carvers, as well as at the Haystack Mountain School of Craft and the Pinland School of Craft. She has exhibited her artwork in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Oakland, amongst other places. Her artwork has appeared on the cover of the book Approaches to Teaching the Novels of Toni Morrison and the journal Sinister Wisdom. She has taught studio art and art history to children and adults in community centers and colleges. Her children's book, The Adventures of Kai and the Magical Machines, was published in 2018. Berlina's current book project is a children's picture book about a little boy named Jimmy in the rural Mississippi in the 1940s. My connection to the South um, is that uh, my father was born in Mississippi in 1936 and he grew up there. Um, he was one of 14 children, and I grew up visiting my grandparents and family. Every year, I traveled south by car with my father, mother, and my brother. And we'd spend about a week there, and we'd, we'd visit um, family, um, aunts and uncles and cousins. Um, and so I have extremely vivid and very fond memories of going south with my father. Um, also, um, I think my connection to the South, of course, um, growing up with my father and hearing him speak uh, about his growing up um, and his time that he spent there um, has been very influential uh, to my writing and also my visual art. Some of the ways that my father's Southern roots have influenced me as a visual artist and as, and as a writer is that I have a great and a deep appreciation of Black American history and culture, including Southern culture. Um, for example, I've grown up hearing a lot of stories about Br'er Rabbit as an example. Um, I loved uh, Black history so much, in fact, and my father was sort of like a, a living history, if you will, that I would later go on to earn my master's in Afro-American studies. Um, I also have an appreciation of traditional blues and gospel music. Uh, artists, blues artists such as Howlin' Wolf, B.B. King, Jimmy Anderson, as well as gospel uh, singers like Mahalia Jackson, the Jackson Southern Airs, and the Mighty Clouds of Joy uh, frequently were played um, on records uh, in my father's home. Um, he was also a blues musician, so I grew up uh, listening to him play uh, both the harmonica and the guitar and also singing vocals. He was um, an amazing storyteller, my father, who uh, transitioned last year in August, uh, but he was known, like literally known for telling jokes and riddles and, you know, saying things in alliteration. So I think we both being in such a musical home and somebody who had such a love for language has really influenced me, who I've been an avid reader uh, for as long as I can remember, and I've written poems since, since I was in high school. Um, I would then later go uh, to, to university in the late 80s, and when at about 1990, I started um, 
going attending classes in African American studies and was learning about the Great Migration as an example, um, or just a myriad of things and many different uh, courses. You know, when we were reading uh, Zora Neale Hurston's work and so forth, and I was very uh, much reminded of the things my father had uh, been speaking to me about uh, in terms of his growing up, and it just really gave me uh, a historical and a cultural context to better understand my father um, going through these classes. And, and of course, one of the things that I really associate with my dad is the things related to food, uh, like his uh, cornbread and buttermilk, which is something that he loved to eat and things of that nature. Um, my current project is a picture book about an African-American boy in rural Mississippi in the 1940s, and the manuscript was inspired by my father's childhood, the research that I've conducted online, and my imagination. I really, in this project, wanted to um, give um, honor to my father and his story or his narrative, because for one, he's my dad, and I was, uh, feel very connected to him, and feel as though he's given me so much of himself and of his culture, but also because I feel oftentimes that stories like his are dismissed or overlooked um, by just, you know, in various contexts in literature, in the, in the arts, um, in, in history courses, in the news and media, popular culture, etc. And so I really wanted to, to focus um, in a specific ways. One of my fears that I have related to this book project has to do with trying to um, depict a life that is similar enough to my father's, but obviously it's not biographical, um, although it's inspired by, but that has a particular feel to it that reminds me, that seems authentic to the time and to the place, um, whilst also being creative so that the, the work is my work. Um, it's The images will be done in watercolor. Uh, the manuscript has already been um, written. And so I'm really just refining what it looks like. And I'm really not only looking at black and white photos online, but remembering what it felt like to be in a car driving south and watching the foliage change and the trees seem so tall, those evergreen trees and so plush and dark and, you know, seeing things like armadillos for the first time, which seem like extremely magical creatures to my young mind. Um, it would be something that I wouldn't have uh, seen in the North. I was uh, raised in Wisconsin. So those are the types of things that I wish to include. And I do have a fear because I'm so close to the subject, you know, that the, the book won't be beautiful enough or powerful enough. And so I just really want to do my very best work. Um, I think, you know, as I looked for source material and as a visual artist, this is often what we do is look for source material. Um, I did want to do things like depict a general store. I was very interested in where would my father have in the 40s and 50s as a black person gone to get supplies, you know, provisions and things of that nature, particularly in the South during the time where he grew up and couldn't look in the eyes of, of white people, couldn't address white people unless addressed, etc. And, you know, having grown up with those stories and having interviewed him actually and video recorded and already recorded these pieces, it really gives me a sense of how I wanted to represent in some way that reality because it very much informed my father and who he was as a man and as a, as a person. Um, 
And so things like the school, wanting to show like a one-room schoolhouse. My father completed, I think, about sixth grade, but it was very important for me. And I know that education has had a very significant role in the lives of Black people, and in part because for so long it was illegal for us to even read. It was socially not acceptable nor endorsed. And so I think, you know, there was a great push you know, education and reading and things of that nature. And so I really wanted to show a black school teacher, for example, in this context. And then the other place that I really wanted to depict in my book um, is the church, because the church has been very instrumental in black uh, culture uh, historically and certainly in, in, in the life of my father. And so I wanted to show a preacher and I wanted to show a choir. And so the book really is about um, this little boy named Jimmy, which is my father's name. But also I wanted to show the context in which Jimmy lived on a day-to-day sort of basis. Um, I also wanted to show Jimmy outside sort of, you know, with his family, my father's family had a farm, a working farm. And so they had animals and um, and and grew things that they ate and that sort of thing. And so I really wanted to depict those things um, in my book. Um, And then lastly, in terms of my book and something that I've really not shared with very many people is that there's a a character um, modeled after Br'er Rabbit, our brother rabbit, and it's it's a rabbit and he'll narrate actually the story. And again, it's a a children's picture book. So he's going to be the narrator. And this uh, Br'er Rabbit is a mythical, animal, if you will, who can change his size from larger than life to, to small and appear and disappear, you know, at, at, at a moment's, without a moment's notice. And he is going to narrate the story, but he also, for me, represents the ancestors because I, I really do believe that our ancestors guide our steps. I believe that people who went before me um, also kind of paved a way so that I can do what it is that I do in the way that I do it. And I think this is true for many of us. So it's also to, the book is to honor my father as an ancestor, but also to broadly um, to acknowledge the existence of ancestors and to, to honor them as well. Um, I consider the writing of Audre Lorde, Zora Neale Hurston, Toni Morrison, Nikki Giovanni, and Octavia Butler to be sacred. Uh, visual artists whose work is sacred to me include Frida Kahlo, Frida Heitzestagorius, um, Faith Ringgold, and Betty Saar. Um, I was privileged um, to meet Audre Lorde in 1991 when she was visiting UW-Madison's Afro-American Studies Department and asked if there were any Black lesbian groups in town. And I happened to be in a group called BLISS, which stands for Black Lesbians in Search of Self at the time. And so about a dozen of us hosted a potluck in her honor. And she came and ate with us and broke bread. And I mean, I was just so, I was 20 at the time, and I was just so in awe of her writing and had been introduced to Zami um, prior to as an autobiographical, like a, a mythological autobiographical piece. And when I think about a lot of my work, honestly, I think there are those components that are based on biography and then fiction, nonfiction, like all of this merging together in a beautiful, cohesive area. And somebody like her has done that. But really, when you think about oral history and how people tell stories, that's exactly what it is. It's people's recollection. And then for, you know, theatrical effect, you embellish bits or you you might change a bit, a little bit. And I think there's something very beautiful and, and powerful about 
being able to do that. And there's such liberation in, in being able to tell stories like that. Um, in terms of my connection to the South also, I am thinking that um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Frida Hytestra Gordis is actually also from the South and she was my mentor, she was my thesis advisor, um, an instructor that I've taken many, many, many classes with. And she really um, helped shape me as an artist, an art historian, uh, an intellectual, and also as a black feminist. And so I just wanted to, to honor her and her work. Um, I'd like to read a poem that I wrote um, back in, I think, November uh, of this last year. It's called A Poem to My Black Teenage Son. Your voice is just beginning to deepen and your body is getting both taller and broader. Your neck that I once cupped in the palm of my hand so that your head didn't jerk back and forth is now lined back or wide as you dab it with cologne and confidence. Your hands that I once held and marveled at for being so little and perfect are now bigger than mine. The distance across the palm is as expansive as the aching in my heart because I cannot protect you from being dehumanized. Each time you are called nigger, I can see the light dim in your eyes when you said, Mom, I don't want them to think I am a monster. My heart shattered into a thousand pieces and the shard stuck in my throat, cutting off my airway. Your shoulders that were once rounded and supple are now broad and square. I hope that they will be strong enough to bear the weight of hundreds of years of oppression and the assumptions of people who see you as a threat because you are a tall, dark-skinned black boy, not yet a man. You are in the in-between stage. You are not an adult and not quite a child, and still you think, like all teenagers do, that you know everything. What I need for you to know is that you are valuable, you are worthy, you are enough, you are smart, you are brave, you are beautiful. You, my son, are divine and not a nigger. People can see my work um, on my website, which is www dot v-e-r-l-e-n-a-j-o-h-n-s-o-n dot com. People can purchase um, merchandise with my artwork on it from Redbubble by searching Redbubble, which is one word, and then my name, first and last name together, so V-E-R-L-E-N-A-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. And if you do that, you'll be directed uh, to the, my Redbubble store, and I have about to know 10 or 12 images um, that can be purchased on different merchandise. Um, I would like to thank uh, Soren Litt and Melody for kindly inviting me to talk about my work and my connection to the South. Uh, I really enjoyed thinking about my artwork um, and how it's been informed by my father and my many trips to Mississippi, especially as I am working on the illustrations for my children's book uh, that depicts the 1940s rural South. I, I can't think of a, a better sort of platform to really get me into a space uh, for, for doing the work that I'm doing now. So I just wanted to thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening to Soren Lit. Please review the work of our featured writers, artists, and other creatives by following our website at soarinlit.com. S-O-R-E-N-L-I-T.com. Thanks for listening.